What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode 211, where tonight we're talking about One Night in Miami from Amazon and On the Rocks from Apple TV. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. And it's me, Roger Stillian. Roger, we're flying just the two of us today. Yep. It's been a few weeks since we've done that, but I mean, uh, we're going to be carrying this show around. <laughs> touche, sir. Touche. What's going on? How was your week, my friend? What did you What have you been up to? No, um, not a whole lot here. Actually, are you guys, are you guys buried in snow back then? No, it did. Uh, only snowed about half as much as I said it was going to do, and it's been raining like slushy, icy rain for like four hours. Disgusting outside. Uh, it pretty torrential downpour here in Wilmington uh, for the majority of the day. Actually, it's probably the, I heard it on the roof of my rental place, and it's I haven't heard that yet. So like that's how I know it was pretty substantial. They're uh, they're really worried about what the, what's going to happen with the ice accumulation outside once everything freezes because it's going to be nasty. Oh yeah, I mean that's but that's you can't really help. I mean, that just happens, you know. Like the world's going to do what the world's going to do. Earth is going to act how Earth is going to act. Oh yeah, it's what it is. That, but... What about well, you? How's uh, how's life down south? It's good, actually. It's not too bad. Well, first of all, it's been very mild weather, like temperature-wise, but it's just been so icky and gray and just raining for days. But uh, it's, it's not too bad here. Actually, I've been seeing signs as I've been driving to and from work and just around town. Um, it says, welcome back to Filmington. Because Wilmington just has, there's like three or four movies over the past week that came in there's like two shows next week coming in it's just my goodness there's a lot of stuff here so you just gonna stay down there and go show to show to show (laughs) i'm already talking to one um it's possible i'm not if i if they don't if they don't pick up my tab for being a distant then no but i mean if they're gonna pay me as local then obviously i don't want to do that because that's that means they're not gonna pay for my rent i can't i don't want to pay rent here and in pittsburgh that's no fun oh yeah i get you um but I, I got some plans after this one. I've already been lining up some shows. Uh, I don't want to talk about them yet because they're not, you know, um, they're not uh, concrete yet. But um, I will let the news drop whenever I Ooh, finally. I know teacher. one's a one's a pretty big Jamie Fox movie in Atlanta, mm. and I, I'm I'm really kind of excited about. But I haven't heard back from the guy in about a day. Um, but he was very excited when he talked to me on Friday. So well, that's good. I'm always excited about that. That's it. But the Ohio Valley has been pretty quiet so far. This yeah, is, not much happening up here. This holiday. No, there's still COVID holiday. out here. That's still happening. <laughs> People, Roger, I mean, just, I just want to, I just want to take a second and talk about something that happened to me this week. Um, okay. So the story is <clears throat> I was out and about and I wanted a coffee. So I stopped at Starbucks. I was, I was, I walked in, you know, social distance. You know, we were all six feet apart. And a father ahead of me had a little boy and a little girl. And the little boy was being kind of unruly and he wouldn't get off his phone. The dad's like, you, you got to get off your phone to order. You're not going to, don't do this where you're on your phone. And then the dad turns around to me. He's, he's like, right? And I go, look, kid, I didn't have a phone until I was 17. You, you have it better than me. Just, you know, you know, there's a proper decorum for ordering, being on your phone. You shouldn't do it. And he looks at me and says, you're old AF. What do you know, dinosaur? true Facts. and i was just like what and the dad's like um did my son just like his his look said to me i'm sorry my son just talked to you like that put your drink on my tab so i did uh, i got a free uh, mocha out of the deal but nah. what kids do that like kids just randomly talk like that to people i mean to I, you sure no, 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 no children don't talk like that to me 
<laughs> what? You've never been disrespected by a kid? Not anything that I wouldn't immediately disrespect them way worse right back. <laughs> I remember Marquis, my friend. You had some pretty heated arguments with some people. Yeah, I uh, once took a baseball bat outside when six kids said that they were going to kick my ass. And I said, all right, let me go punch out and I'll meet you out back. And I walked outside with a baseball bat. And the guy's like, why do you have a bat? I was like, I thought you were going to try to kick my ass. <laughs> so are we doing this or what? Uh, and then they left. Like, that's a true story. You know, Holy it's probably cat, not, not the best for me to tell people about that. But, yeah, it's it's a thing. I mean, yeah, it's a, I just the world is weird, man. The world is the world is getting weird fast. But that was I mean, my I experience out of my current job. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Marquis, it was look, times were different. What, 11 years ago, 12 years ago now? Yeah. Thir- 13 years, 14 years ago. Things, things were different. You know, things were very different. But now now, you know, what's funny is I'm seeing all these articles um, saying that we're not everyone thought 2021 was going to be the savior year and. People are like, nope, that's 2022 now because 2021 looks like it's going to be another wash. And I'm just like, oh man, I get these like, I get, I get, I start breathing heavily. I'm like, I cannot do another year of no movie theaters. I just can't do it. You know, it's funny. Like that's my major concern. That's that's, that's, that's how you know I have no real problems in the world because that's my major concern is no right. movies in the movie theater. So that's how pathetic I guess my life is if I don't have any real I mean pathetic in the way that I don't really have any real problems that I'm <laughs> worried about no movies in the movie theater is, is my problem but you know uh, so there's that what, what's your take on uh, 2021 not being the savior year that we thought it was going I to mean, be I mean it's a big four weeks old I think we can wait and see that's <laughs> fair you know people though they love to post their articles saying they were right and you know they like to the gloom and doom is a that's a, actually a good name for a podcast gloom and doom I'm sure it's a name of a podcast, no <laughs> doubt about it. I hope someone picks that up. I hope someone picks that up. Well, anything else exciting going on, or are we, are we just uh, rehashing old stuff now? No, that's it. All right. Well, this is episode 211 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office. We get into our what streaming our, our new segment, Curtain Up, Coming to talk about some trailers and the movies of the week. So, without further ado, let's hop into the box office. Now, the box office. This is a cool thing, Roger. What do you think took over number one spot? Uh, I have no idea. Probably little things. Well, the the top five is going to be interesting to you, and I'll tell you, and you'll you'll see why in a minute. The Crudes, a new age, is uh, has claimed the top spot with bringing in. And this is a weird thing. Oh no, I, I'm I'm sorry. That was I don't know why. The little things is number one, bringing in 4.8 million. That, that makes more sense. The little things bring us worldwide total to 7.6. Now, Crude's number two is 1.8 million. Bring it's it's again 144 million. And then number three, Wonder Woman yet again bringing in what? So the Crude's has overtaken Wonder Woman. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, I'm not really surprised by that. The Cruise is less than ten million behind Wonder Woman. It's eight million behind Wonder Woman. Do you do you, you think it'll overtake it? Uh, who knows? I don't think it matters much this way. No, it doesn't. The Marksman one point three, number four, bringing it worldwide to eight point five, which is still you know way less than ten, and that's just not fun. Monster Hunter seven hundred forty k, bringing it worldwide to nineteen point three million. Well, that's much higher than you thought that movie would ever do, huh? Yeah, I mean, fine. I'm always pleasantly, happily surprised when movies do better than I thought they were going to do. I mean, that's just no one. I I, I don't want a movie to not do well. I guess is 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 my thing. You know what I mean? 
All right, great. Now, my rambling is over. Let's look at what's streaming today. We are taking, this week actually, we're taking a look at Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, the streaming service you get, and Gretel and Hansel by director Oz Perkins, uh, by with Sophia Lillis, Samuel Leakey, Alice Cridge, and Jessica Degau. 2020, if you, if you remember that movie, Roger, we, we looked at that movie at the beginning, probably pretty close to this time last year. Yeah, I remember it. I uh, weren't, weren't huge fans of it, but... No. Um, uh, it's a it's a retelling kind of a different take on the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale, uh, but if you miss that and are kind of like that niche horror kind of thriller type fan, then it's on Amazon, and uh, you should definitely check that out if you have Amazon. Number two, Signs. I love this one by director M Night Shyamalan, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin, Abigail Breslin. M Night Shyamalan, his own movie, plays Ray Reddy. Two thousand two, crop circles appear on a family farm, which may be Signs. Uh, putting up air quotes of something more and devious to come from aliens. Indeed. And the third one, Roger, this is see, you always talk about Palm Springs on Hulu. I mean, you bring up, day, baby. No, uh, the, the vast of night by director, Andrew Peterson, yeah, Sierra, Mc, Sierra McCormick, Jake Horowitz, 2019 in a small town in New Mexico in the 1950s, two people discover, discover a signal in the ether above them, a different take on, and pays homage, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Twilight Zone. Now, that movie is pretty good. I don't think it's as good as um, Palm Springs, but certainly up in that just really great bracket, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, we we all loved that movie. It was what a surprise <laughs> that was. Yeah, it was a wonderful surprise. Shout out to our uh, our, our showmate, our our perma guest Chris, who just like recommended it off the cuff one one week, and we're like, okay, we'll we'll check that out. And it ended up being fantastic. Yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. All right, world, world events, COVID, moving on, trailers. All right, Willy's Wonderland. Let's talk about uh, Willy's Wonderland for a second. How do you feel like this movie is going to go? Uh, well, Nicolas I mean, Cage. This is probably just crazy talk, just crazy movie, right? <laughs> Nicolas Cage, Kylie Cowan, Beth Grant, Emily Tosta. It looks like a play on – it kind of – you know, has, I think, groundwork for, like, Five Nights at Freddy's kind of thing in it. and Because that was hugely popular for, what, maybe a year, year and a half, maybe, maybe less. It's still a big deal, right? Yeah, it's, I would say it's still a big deal. Um, but I think this has a little bit of Five Nights at Freddy's kind of DNA in it a little bit, which, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's certainly different, and it certainly looks a little wonky, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. So... What do you what, what do you think, Roger? What's your what's your takeaway um, from the trailer? I think it might be fun. Um, I definitely think it's going to be bad. <laughs> do you understand what I mean there? Oh, I, absolutely. But like, but there's bad, and then there's Nicolas Cage bad. Like, do you remember one movie I always use as a reference is uh, Do you remember that movie Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage, and he was like excising demons. Mm-hmm. And he ended up in the end of the movie. He ends up like having a little boxing match with the devil, and I, that movie's just so horrendously terrible. Uh, yeah. But I I really enjoy that movie because it's so horrendously. You I mean they they got Ron Perlman? The movie's just so bad. Sometimes it's just it's just great fun for me sometimes to watch, and it's just this kind of has those kind of I, I get those vibes from it. So I'm I'm kind of excited. February twelfth is when it's coming. I think it'll do better business if it's a streaming than anything we've seen in a while because it's got such a huge cult following as Five Nights at Freddy's. At least I hope anyway. I mean, I hope we get something. If I have to watch it, it might as well be entertaining. I mean, I'm sure it will be. And it's the last line of the 
of the IMDb description says, Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash, and only one side will make it out alive. <laughs> I know. It's about a bunch of – it's about a guy in, in, a, in like an arcade setting and all the, all the things are coming alive, which – that's kind of a cool. I mean, we, it's not it's not a new thing, but it's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, and let's talk about music. <sighs> music, which is uh, directed by Sia and uh, Maddie Ziegler, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr. are in this one. Uh, this is looks to be another tearjerker, and I chose it because we're just you know we're just we happen to be talking about a lot of tearjerkers lately, so I just wanted to kind of continue that. Hmm. But um, uh, a young girl who is is um, kind of mentally handicapped in a way. Her her the person she's clearly her, supposed to be autistic. Okay, so she is autistic, and her guardian um, is incapacitated. And um, there's you know, then someone else in her family comes in, tries to take care of her, can't. Then look, the trailer has a neighbor step in, Leslie Odom Jr. I mean, it's going to pull all the right heartstrings, I'm sure. Uh, but this movie was interesting to me because Kate Hudson already made this movie in the form um, what Raising Helen. Do you remember that one with John Corbett? I don't think I've ever seen that one, but it sounds familiar to me. Her sister passes away, and she is, you know, she's living the the the, the young life of a or the young hot life of a bachelorette in her late twenties, and then she um she inherits three kids. And uh, because her sister passes in a car accident, and then she has to learn to be okay with not having ever having any disposable income and or disposable income and just territory that comes with being a mom really quick. So she's already made this movie, which is kind of interesting to me. But I mean, but this time she shaved all her hair off. She definitely has a different look. Um, I'm kind of digging it because maybe that's just the character she wanted to go for. I mean, I mean who knows? But I kind of I kind of dig that look for her. It's it's it's, it's different. It's certainly different. And um, because I mean, look, Kate Hudson is just uh, someone that is she even relevant anymore? Um, I don't I mean, know. let's let's talk about that for a second. What Kate Hudson has she been relevant for the past five years, even ten years? I don't I mean, know. I mean, she's she was on the street but... making really terrible romantic comedies there for a long time, and I'm sure she made a bunch of money doing it. I'm sure she did, but I mean, I mean, for the past couple of years, she hasn't really. She's got two movies in 2021. She's got a short music video with the director of this one called "See It Together" in 2020, and then a story takes flight, another short, and then nothing until from 2019 2017. So there's a whole 2018 gap, hmm. and then she was in things like Mother's Day, Deepwater Horizon. She was in. She was a voice in Kung Fu Panda Three, uh, but after that, it's below that. It's Rock the Casbah. Panda Paws, uh, barely famous TV series, Good People, Wish I Was Here. It's a lot of stuff that no one heard about. Uh, and then Glee was one of her most relevant casting. And that's has been so long, so you know she hasn't really been relevant for what a decade, at least a decade. Hmm. Maybe, maybe yeah. more than that. Is early, early to mid two thousands were her was that was her time. Oh yeah, she was killing it then. Even with Matthew McConaughey. Her and Matthew McConaughey made a few movies. Um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Hugely popular, by the way. That's one of my favorite rom-coms. Terrible also, movie, Terrible. Oh, yeah, but it's fun. It's just fun. And so is Fool's Gold. Just awful. Um, just Fool's Gold is just fucking terrible, man. Um, yeah. Math McConaughey was in both of those. So Kate Nuts in both of those. Uh, they're both butt. That's how you say that. Both butt. Yeah. All right. 
So I don't really know how to take uh, Kate Hudson anymore, but I'm glad she's you know she's back in the limelight a little bit. I'm glad this movie is existing because you know me, Roger. I love these emotional tearjerkers. I love them. Can't get enough of them. Sure. And of course, for this week we're gonna watch for for next week's show we're gonna watch Palmer, which is gonna absolutely be one of those movies. So I'm very excited about that. You wanna did the, did the trailer move you in any certain way, Roger? For uh, music? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. You I mean, outside are. of the way that if it moved you wet, how it was supposed to, I guess is the more accurate question. Well, I mean, listen, I, I could give a shit less that Kate Hudson's in this movie. I'm more excited for Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> yeah, who's on oh, fire yeah. right now. Was, <laughs> that dude rules. <laughs> dude, he was in Hamilton. He's he's actually in a movie we're talking about today. We're going to talk about it today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He has just tremendous talent. So we're going to talk about that today. But yeah, yeah I'm more He should be in all the mu- all the movies, always. All the movies, all the time, always. Absolutely. Um, well, that's the. So those are trailers. Now for the what's co- upcoming releases, nothing's really changed. Uh, I I mean, I don't know how we're how long we're gonna do this. What COVID dance, as it's called. What what what, what, do, you, what do you think about that, Roger? I mean, it's almost a year now. It is, and it's gonna be a while longer. But nothing is really like I don't. Nothing really changes anymore. I think people are just, I think studios are just holding their breath. Um, they're kind of just waiting for things to fall into place with that. I mean, so, I feel bad that I have to say it every week, but unless somebody's going to release movies, no one's going to go watch movies. That's so, the catch. We've already talked about the Catch 22, yeah, of course. Talk but. about it every single week. This past week, January 29th, uh, Palmer and The Little Things were the two big releases. And then we don't have anything else. For a while, actually, um, until February twelfth, so we have a we have a good two week, two week period there, and then of course February nineteenth has the Maritinian and Nomadland, and February twenty sixth Tom and Jerry in the United States versus Billy Holiday, which I don't think the only movie that matters that week is what Tom and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty accurate noise for what that movie's gonna do. I mean, that movie could make tons of money, but I just don't think it's gonna be. <laughs> I've seen lots of movies. Listen, there's a bunch of Transformers movies that made a bunch of money. And they're all real bad. That last Jurassic Park movie made over a billion, and that movie was yeah, horrendous. Real bad. Horrendous. Um, SpongeBob 4. We haven't talked about March for a while. Let's talk about March for a second. SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, VOD plus release. Does anyone care about SpongeBob anymore? I don't know. I was looking at that release date earlier. I'm like, is SpongeBob, is this movie just, you know, a decade too late? Didn't that already come out? I think it, I thought it did, but I guess they pushed it. Obviously, um, we're, lo- we're looking at care, so it's fine. March March fifth for Chaos Walking coming to America and Ray and the Last Dragon. Actually, Ray and the Last Dragon. I've been watching a lot of YouTube this weekend trying to get the story on some current events in the in the, in the stock world, but that's a whole different issue. But mm. Ray and the Last Dragon has had a lot of ads on YouTube, and I, I find that's a really weird place to advertise for Ray and the Last Dragon. Yeah, given mind. how that's that's a Disney property, so. Well, I mean, you got to advertise somewhere. You wouldn't that's advertise on, on Disney for your own stuff, would you? I guess you, I mean, not, kids not are just, as much. I mean, kids like YouTube and kids are like peanut butter and jelly, man. It's just they, they love YouTube. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. Mm. <laughs> peanut butter. March nineteenth, the Courier, which is actually it's a pretty big deal. That's um, Cumberbatch. Um, that's kind of a big deal. Benedict Cumber, I'm sorry, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Rachel Brosnan and Jesse Buckley. That's going to be a pretty big movie, I think. At least, at least notable. At least notable, anyway. So, 
And then nothing until the 31st, Godzilla versus Kong, the trailer we talked about last week. Um, are you excited for that movie, Roger? I was thinking, I was I gave that some tremendous thought this weekend if I was really excited for that movie or not. I still haven't decided. I think but I'm excited like, for it because it's coming and I and I know I'm gonna watch it on the big screen because it's it's a it's an HBO day and date thing, but I don't know if I would have cared otherwise. And I don't I find myself like really being kind of aloof with movies these days of first time in my life I've never not cared about big releases. I mean it's it's a kind of incredible, but the stuff coming out is just does anyone really care about this stuff? And if you'll notice, Roger, nobody got pushed to April. No. It did. So, who knows? Um, Just give us movies to watch, people, please. <laughs> but that is, that is, of course, evidence that it's not – and at least in Hollywood's eyes, this problem is not getting any better. Nope. No. That is – you know, May has is unchanged, but that's so far away they're not worried about that one yet. A lot of gloom and doom there. A lot of gloom and doom there, but you know it is what it is. So, yeah. Rod, let's let's talk about some movies, man. Let's we we watched some movies this week. Yeah, we did. Let's talk. Let's start with On the Rocks. What do you think about that? Yeah. What do uh, I think about it? <laughs> <laughs> On the Rocks came out October twenty third, so it's been a little while, but it is a it is a partnership between A twenty four and Apple. So, I want to talk about it. Um, directed by Sofia Coppola, which in itself is a whole different conversation that I'm going to get into a little bit today, but I don't want to go, I don't want to get too far into that. Bill Murray, Rashida Jones are the two big ones. Marlon Wayans uh, plays her husband. Did you know Marlon Wayans is almost 50 years old? Boy, he doesn't look it. (laughs) He is 48 years old. He doesn't even look like he's 30. I, I didn't even think about how old he was because he's been around forever, but in this movie, does he even look 38 to you? No, I mean, if you if I'd have looked it up because I did look it up, I was like, "Damn, how old is Marlon Wayans?" So obviously, how I know that he's forty eight. If it had said he's like thirty nine years old, I'd have been like, "God, oh, that's right." <laughs> but God that is bless. He is. Old. He looks great. Shout out to Marlon Wayans. You look great, man. <laughs> For being as old as you are, you look fantastic. All right, let's talk about on the rocks. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a div- divisiveness between yourself and me, Roger, because I I kind of enjoyed this movie for what it was. Um, and I think you didn't. So the real short version of this movie is someone thinks her husband is cheating on her. So she goes and tries to find out um, with much trepidation if he is cheating on her. And this movie is just a bunch of unfortunately poorly timed events. And so you said you liked this movie because it's Bill Murray being Bill Murray, right? Well, let's face it. Bill Murray is hilarious. when sure, he wants to he's, he's great. He has several one lines in this movie. Let me that just pose you a laugh. question. Let me pose you a question. All right. If it wasn't Bill Murray being Bill Murray in this movie, how much of the would you have enjoyed? Well, see, that's well, okay. In in in, in your hypothetical, we're we're assuming that Bill Murray wasn't this movie, but it did get made with somebody else. Yes. With with some with some, some other old guy with gravitas, a, a name that you know. Let's just, let's just say someone like no, Ed Harris. Let's not say it's anybody with gravitas. I wanted to say it's your crazy mom. How about that? Oh, oh, there's a there's a a different take. Yeah. Well, then the, the movie doesn't get made. Dumpster fire if that happens. Well, the movie doesn't get made without Bill Murray. One, and I don't think I, I just simply think it doesn't get made without Bill, Bill Murray. Um, second, it would it would have been a vastly different script because you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have had Bill Murray to fall back on. Mm. 
Does, does, does that make sense? I mean, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah, this... Yikes. Ooh, dropping stuff. What's going on over there, man? I knocked something off the table. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, Rashida Jones is a, is, is a wife who thinks her husband, like you said, is cheating on her, and she enlists the help of her crazy dad, who is, uh, quite frankly, more concerned than she is, and actually going way further lengths than she wants to, which, which of course makes her think in the end that he actually is cheating when if she should have just followed her gut the whole time, you know, that's the, but that's the whole Sophia Coppola thing that gets into this is how, how much of this is, is that kind of, is, is a statement on marriage today told from a woman's perspective uh, and, and how much of it isn't. But I mean, that's, that's a conversation I don't think is this show that we're going to have on this show, but it, it is a conversation that I think is, when you're, when you're talking about the movie On the Rocks, that is a conversation that, that very easily could happen and could carry some weight to it. Because, I mean, that's, that's got to matter, right? Uh, uh, whoever's directing it, their, their perspective on what's going on. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, if you put the same exact script for On the Rocks, um, the same exact cast, same exact script, and a female director and a male director, you're going to have a very different movie. You know, I mean, it's going to be extremely different. Not just different, as in, oh well, a different director's does it. Like we're talking vastly different from the from the two sexes. Sure. So that much I I thought was interesting. Um, but let's talk about her. Is I don't think what makes me pretty upset about this movie is the the movie commits in the end to one thing. I don't think that was always the intended result. Do you think that was the intended ending the whole time? And don't, with, with, without spoiling what happens. I mean, I'd never considered that it wouldn't be, but now I'm thinking about it. I guess I'm not 100% sure. <clears throat> because there are little things that we're led to believe. Now, he makes... if <laughs> He makes some really poor decisions. Um, her husband makes some really poor decisions well, that, lead, that lead the audience down a certain on. path. Hold on. I don't oh, think he makes any poor decisions. Oh, that's, see, that's an interesting take. Just between you and me, it's it's, it's different and intentional. Yeah, because well, let me let me shake out what I'm trying to say here. Is at no point does she just straight up ask him anything, right? Well, she does and ask we, him about the travel bag. Okay, and he has an immediate answer, right? And that, that's that's that. that. Okay, she may not have liked it, but it is logical. It could have happened. So it's we'll call it plausible. The old Miss Butters thing, right? Did it happen that way exactly? Maybe, maybe not. But could it have? Yes, exactly. It could have. And then she doesn't say anything else about it. Right? Yeah, you're right about that. You're right. And then, and then, then the yeah. other time her dad convinces her to snoop through his phone, she doesn't find anything. So, like, what has he done wrong? He's working hard to provide for his family with this new company that's up and coming, gaining a lot of attention you know, in the architecture world. And that's really it. I, I, movie, I agree with you, yeah. This movie is a bunch of hilariously poorly timed decisions. Like, that's all that this movie is. And most of it isn't that funny. Well, and if when, it wasn't for Bill Murray, it would be awful. <laughs> yeah, Bill Murray made some of those scenes really kind of awesome with his one, like, just... Point in case that, or case in point, the the scene with the police officers. Yes, that was, that was awesome. Um, and also, 
it's also a very stark reminder that this movie was completed before COVID was a major thing. Oh yeah, of course. Because they're just driving around New York, no masks, like nothing is happening, you know. And like we're over, we're a year into COVID, and, and you know, New York right now is a very different place than it was a year ago, as far as people walking around without masks on. Um, so I mean, New York in itself is kind of a character in this movie as well, which I thought was interesting. It kind of it it, it helps it helps the screenwriter provide the evidence he needs to make her think that there is foul play. Um, but which, which brings it to my next point is that all of this is, you know, you watch those really bad murder movies, or the whodunits and the, you know, like for instance, you know, one of those, those bad late nineties, early two thousands kill a slasher movies. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the movie paints one person obviously to be the guy that's killing people. And it was, you know, after you got that formula, you knew it was never that guy. Um, but how, see, the, the, the script makes us believe what she's believing, but, you, but you've already said it. You've said it perfectly is he's not done anything wrong here. So No, no listen. Could he have had better communication with his wife about some stuff? Yes, of course he had. But that is a completely normal thing when you've been married for a long time. You know, you say, hey... I'll meet, I'm going straight from work to dinner because I got to do this dinner pitch meeting. And people go, okay, it is what it is, right? She didn't call him and ask him why he's not stopping at home. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> but it's the, it's the evidence presented in a certain way that, you know, I mean, like it's the whole, it's the whole Coppola, you know, possibly the, the, the female mind looking towards making him look more guilty than, than, than he is. And the movie, it does have a couple of twists and turns, which I thought were, one of the twists I thought was really interesting also, um, which I wanted to ask you about the whole bit. You know, I could even buy what the what the movie's trying to tell you if this particular scene I'm about to mention isn't in the mood. Do you remember when she tries to get into his password in his phone and can't? Yeah. And, and then, then he he's, unlocks the phone and immediately gives it to her. Yeah, but like, he's like, are you sure you want to use my phone? And he keeps it in his hand for like another few seconds. But the the character that we are, you know, on one side you're committed to wanting to be is he would never have had hesitation at all. And you see, that's kind of the thing with the thing we're given later in the movie, kind of the movie to me contradicts itself in what it's trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to say. But I mean, he unlocked it and gave it to her, even though the question is like, do you sure you need to do it for my phone? Cause I mean, that's weird. Like, I wouldn't ask to use your phone to send a picture. Well, okay, <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll grant you the 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 dialogue that followed is probably um, explanatory enough. Um, I'll give you that. I just is one of those things that I'm like, well, they obviously want you to think one thing. The, the script com- commits hard on wanting you to think one thing. But that's that's what the movie's about. Is that's how you sell the movie? Is a, a woman thinks her husband is cheating and she enlists her crazy dad to try to help her. I mean, that's a short pitch. So, and then, you know, crazy dad is, you know, it helps that he's Bill Murray and he's awesome. Sure. Um, let me ask you another question about Bill Murray now that I'm on the subject. Do you think that if his name, if they'd have called him, if his name in this movie was Bill, that it, it would have been acceptable? Yeah, 100%. What if it was Bill Murray? That's fine. Yeah, I think I so too. I guess it's Bill Murray's true to life situation. <laughs> I think <laughs> I would have definitely thought that was hilarious um, and very fitting too for the movie, you know, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a now. She also did. She did Lost in Translation, didn't she? I'm pretty sure she did that one as well. 
And that also had uh, Bill Murray in it. I'm not 100% sure now. Hang on, I'll find out. Yeah, I'm going to... I was I was sure until we started the show. Now, of course, I'm not sure, but yeah, it is. Lost in Translation, 2003. That that was her. Yeah. So she has definitely worked with Bill Murray before. So she knows what gem. Of course, anyone knows what gem they have in Bill Murray that has Bill Murray uh, in in their movie. Sure. What are some things you really liked about this one, Roger? What I mean, obviously the the, the one line from Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Uh, um, what I didn't like about this movie, most everything else. See, I kind of. I think this is where we're going to differ. Is I kind of liked, I kind of liked the journey she was on. I kind of enjoyed it, actually. Well, so I mean, I understand like she's having some some issues. They've been married for a long time. Things are kind of in a little bit of a rut. She's having some some struggles with her work. She's a writer. She's got writer's block, so she's got other things on her mind. And so, listen, I get the premise of this movie, okay? But this movie isn't very long. It's only about 95 minutes. And this movie to me felt like it drug on and on and on. And it wasn't because it's paced weird. It's just like for there's stuff happening that doesn't need to happen. Like they end up in Mexico. they really do that that is kind of awesome because at least that's an that's the probably the most interesting part of the whole movie um but i'm just like why is this a thing like 90 percent of this could have been corrected in one 10 minute conversation well that's most movies can be undone by one conversation by one 30 second conversation it just undoes the entire plot but that's the whole thing about it is that's the beauty of the the script is you have to avoid that conversation somehow um, I, hmm. now I kind of see, i like the fact that they ended up in Mexico. <laughs> I, I kind of liked it that they went that far. And I also love the fact that Bill Murray apparently just has all, all the money in the world. His character just has all the money in the world to do whatever they want. I love that. You don't really find out what he does until like three quarters of the movie. When you finally get confirmation that he's an art dealer. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, and very fine, you know, exquisite art pieces, which is great. Um, because he said he go into that one woman's house. He's like, oh, she's she's got a thing. Like she's got a what? What did he call it? I forget what he calls it. But I thought it was some medical condition. I'm like, why would he say that? And then it, it turned out to be a painting. It's a painting, yeah, yeah, which I thought was very kind of interesting too. I love when he's just like to... walk backwards so no one thinks that we're leaving. <laughs> I will bet you that was improv. I'll bet you that was Bill Murray being Bill Murray. Yeah, very possible. That wasn't in the script. He 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 just did it, and like she looked super. She she looked super surprised, and like I'm sure that was complete improv on his part. Um, I'm sure that the the scene how it was written was just they just turn around and walk out of the room, but he's like he just thought he'd you know do he'd be Bill Murray, which I can't say it enough is it's he's fine. One of, it's he's fine. one of maybe a dozen people that can actually pull that. Like oh no, it's fine. He's just being Bill Murray. He's one of a dozen people that 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 hand wave of an explanation is enough for. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Be like, don't do that? <laughs> well, well, you I mean, got to stop doing that. Uh, what do you pay me for? <laughs> well, it's just like, that's the whole sell the movie is built. But like, I also think that, I mean, you know, a movie we talked about last week, The Marksman, I think that Liam Neeson is one of those people too that just, oh no, that's just Liam's character. That that, that, that old guy who beats up people, you know, and, and, and saves yeah. the day. That's just his character. Like, that's just, that's just Liam. As just this part of his career, that's just who he is. So I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Um, so this movie is listed as a comedy. Did you think it was a comedy? Um, I don't know what else you could call it. Drama. I wouldn't call it romance because mm-hmm. it's not really about the romance. I mean, it's that's kind of a side step is the romance, or or I mean, 
lack of romance as the movie starts. Um, I mean, I guess comedy's probably right. Again, though, it's just not very funny. It's unfortunate, though, because there's makings of a better movie here, I think. Oh, yeah. There could have been um, a better movie here. I think so. I mean, just a few little tweaks, um, for example, of maybe not giving us not giving us concrete evidence, which is very contradictory later, but not maybe not giving us such concrete evidence that, oh, no, he's definitely excuse me, cheating. Honestly, that See, I never thought there was any real evidence that he was actually cheating on her anyway. You well, look, know? At, look at look at all the evidence from her point of view. Of course it looks like he's cheating. You know what I mean? Like, that well, see, again, you know, I'll disagree with you on that. Again, if all of this is a five-minute conversation. <laughs> Less than that. I mean, it's just one of those things. And it's just I love one of the things I loved was Felix, which is Bill Murray, and his interaction with Dean, Marlon Wayans. I mean, you remember that scene at the door where he just completely just Pretty much is very standoffish. I, I I was laughing so hard I thought I was gonna pee myself. Yes. I mean, then like Marlon Wayans walks around him like giving like this weird side. <laughs> like, what the hell was that? <laughs> beautifully done. Beautifully done. Um, I mean, I have to say, I think this is a this is a win for Sofia Coppola. This movie, I think this is you know one of her. I think this is not only one of her best, but certainly one of her better top half in in her career. I actually think this movie's pretty good. I. I was kind of talking my way into it, but I actually really enjoy this movie for what it is. Now, you think it's too long? I don't think it's too long. I don't think it's too long. I said there are some times it just drags, man. It just drags. And that's bad for a 90-minute comedy. <laughs> that is it's real bad. That's probably not a great thing for a 90-minute comedy short. But I also <laughs> think they, they relied really heavily on Bill Murray way too much in this movie too. Because maybe when you're talking about how it drug – when they when the final edit came out, they just assumed that Bill Murray was enough to make it not drag, and he wasn't even enough at times to make it. There's like because there are several scenes, for instance, when they're having dinner, they're like ten minutes long, you know. And I yeah. understand, I understand it's a movie about a woman who thinks her husband is cheating and trying to get evidence and talking to her father. I get that that's what the movie's about, and that's the kind of the core thing there, but. That's a little too long for that conversation to take place. I mean, let me talk to you about a scene that's earlier on in the movie when she's at her mom's with what must be her sister, um, her mom, and somebody else who I'm not quite – maybe her aunt. Okay, I think her, her aunt or her gram, somebody. Okay. And they're talking about you know Bill Murray's character, Felix. <laughs> yeah. And they're all just like, well, you know how he is. And I'm just like, did they just accept him as this person? Because he is just straight up all the time playboy. Like, that's just what he is. Every every woman he sees, he hits on. Every which one is, of them. Which is wonderful, always. by the it's, way. Always it's wonderful. Spectacular. <laughs> it's, it's awkward. But, man. But he's so smooth and suave about everything, too. It's like, even those, even that young, even that, well, except for the, except for the, what did he say about the, what did he say about the ballet dancers and the, the, the server was a ballet. She just, like, stood there. Like awkward, didn't know what to do. Mm. He said something. He said something about ballet dancers, and it cuts away to like it's meant the the next cut is the ballet dancer, the server standing at the table, like her like dad awkwardly. Is now, now super awkward, and she just walks away. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty great, actually. Um, I do love things like you never wonder how much money he has, but he has enough to do whatever they're doing, whatever they want to do. Anything that he wants to do, they can do. 
he's got enough to buy what we see him in what two different cars and he's being driven he's being chauffeured. Oh, he's being driven he's being chauffeured the whole time then he's got some like old antique little two-door roadster which looks like a lot of fun to drive <laughs> and ends up honestly that's probably one of the best scenes in the whole movie though when they end up with the cops because he's the- driving like a maniac <laughs> And he talks about, oh, your father taught me. Like, that was wonderful. To me, that was like, that's just suave, man. Like, that's awesome. He just get, got, got out of a ticket. Not only to get out of a ticket, but he sped away. Well, potentially out of a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had the officers push him to start yeah. the car. Like, that's just that's great. His car, yeah. Wonderful. Just wonderful. That was definitely a thing. I don't know. There's so much back and forth about this movie that I don't in 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 my head. I'm 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 definitely on the top end though of the scale, and I don't think you are. I mean, here's the thing. I'm I'm really not. Um, I don't think there's anything in this movie that's really overly great. But I guess a, a weird way to define it: there's nothing in it that's overly bad. But I don't think there's enough good to to push it any higher. You know, anywhere above like a middle of the road kind of movie. I can understand that. Um, I, you see, what what may have. So let's let, let's just move move to score it then. How, how does that well, then I'll go it? first because I know right. we're going to be different here, and I'm I'm anxious to see how much. Now, listen, I'm not going to go so far as to call this movie a bad movie. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, however, I'm not. This is not going to be a movie I'm going to overly champion. Is like, hey, funniest comedy of the year. You know, you should drop everything you're doing. Next funny movie you want to watch, it should be this one. This movie's like the epitome of a five to me. It's just good enough where I'll tell people, hey, do you like Bill Murray? Then, yeah, you'll like this movie. If you don't like Bill Murray, this is nothing to watch. This is just nothing at all. Well, I mean, because Rashida Jones doesn't carry it. Well, and here's the thing, and nothing against Rashida Jones. She's just, this movie's not built for her to carry. No, you're, you're, this movie is all built around Bill this Murray. Is, yeah, this is a Bill Murray vehicle. That's exactly what it is. So yeah, I mean, so you're right. And I'm not, I'm, to be honest, I wasn't gonna go, I'm just going to go with six. Um, the, the whole debate in, in, in my head over today was six or 6.5. I, I think it's better than a five, and I can recommend this. So here's the – what I've been asking people now is what streaming service do you have, and why do you only have that one? And then the third question I said is, what do you do? You watch everything on that one streaming. So if they only have one, do you do you watch? So if someone's got Apple TV, which arguably doesn't have a ton of original films, so this one automatically has to be in the recommend, right? Because they, they don't have but a handful of, of Apple original films, and I don't want to talk about content that are on the Apple site but not Apple original films. You know what I mean? That's, I don't. I don't really know. I haven't looked through their movie. I mean. Do you think this is a better movie than the Tom Hanks Greyhound movie? Yes, I do. Arguably, I think that movie is. The more I think about that movie, the more I dislike it. To be honest with you, I've, I've done a lot of thing about that one too. I actually rewatched that one earlier in the week. Um, I actually it was received very worse for me from the second time. The first time I was like, "Oh, Tom Hanks," I, I'm kind of in love with Tom Hanks, but who isn't? But right. um, yeah, I don't. I don't see. Um, Greyhound scoring better than On the Rocks in most conversations. Maybe one or two, it might, but I just I can't see that happening for the majority of the time. And we were not kind to that movie at all. Greyhound. No, no, not really at all. Um, which now we're talking about Tom Hanks. I saw something just a, a little quick little aside that News of the World people mm-hmm. are, are people are looking at that for a Best Picture nomination. Oh, I don't know about uh-huh. that. I don't know about that at all. But that's. 
I was like, ooh, that's a that's a rough one to. I mean, unless we just completely miss some things in that movie, I just don't. That movie is pretty average, if you ask me. But who knows? But anyway, so yeah, so a five and a six. It's definitely watchable, recommendable. Um, is it going to be in your? I like these movies of that year conversation. Probably not. Which isn't a bad thing. It just there's there was a lot of streaming stuff last year to to you know talk about in in that conversation. Tons of it. Um, this just won't be in that the 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 better streaming movies of 2020. No, I don't so, think so. So for 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 what it's worth, Bill Murray, you're 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 awesome. You just even you were not enough, I think, to carry this movie the way over the finish line. So there you go. No, probably not. There we go. All right, let's talk about. And I'm just over the moon happy with this one. One night in Miami, an AMC movie or not? No, I'm sorry, Amazon movie was just fantastic. Uh, directed by Regina King. Who let's give point props to her. The, she, I mean, you've got to give some of the props to her for this movie, right? Because this movie is pretty good. And I mean, when you're when you're when you're talking on the basic conversation, the director has to receive some of that initial praise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just man, oh man, what a movie! And I didn't, I didn't quite realize what I was getting into when we talked about this last week. I, I knew kind of what it was, but. Man, oh man, I was in for a surprise, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, Kingsley Ben Adore is Malcolm X. Ellie Gorey is Cassius Clay. Aldous Hodge is Jim Brown. Leslie Odom Jr., who is a pleasure to watch and listen to, as Sam Cooke. Oh my goodness, um, yes. Lance Reddick as Brother Kareem, who I love, by the way. <laughs> I love Lance Reddick in yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, put him in everything. And maybe, am I wrong? Is is he a voice in Horizon? Is, is he Silas in Horizon, the, the, the guy that's like, guiding her throughout the story. I'm pretty sure he is. I, I didn't look that I up. I don't I'm think sure so, but I mean, he's definitely, he's Zavala in Destiny. Okay, so that, that would make sense then. If yeah, he's, he's the Titan Vanguard in Destiny. That's, that's kind of interesting too. Okay, so One Night in Miami is, it's kind, it is a fictional, it's, it, this never happened, this getting together of these people, but that's okay because this is a movie and, you know, Creative Liberties are taken with with film sure but imagine being in the room with these with these men can you imagine what just the titans in this room if you were in this room with them can you imagine being in this room with, with those with those oh, guys yeah, been insane i mean holy mother just you know hugely important people in american history all in one room all you know kind of debating now i was pleasantly surprised when this movie it wasn't it was more of a it was more of a ma range black bottom and all the boys in the band and um, it was more of a like a, a stage play that was adapted. Uh, the majority of this movie takes place in just what two or three lo- lo- locations. One being the the hotel room. Yeah, I mean the and, major the major one is the hotel in the area around immediately around the hotel. So that I mean that I was pleasantly surprised when I got I just when it wasn't kind of a gangster movie or kind of a you know you know to you know just people with guns. I just, I was just, I was surprised when I got the product that we got. That's what made me so interested in this movie. When I first started, when I really, when it really clicked, like, Hey, we haven't moved from this location in 20 minutes. I think we're going to be here for a while. So this is, you know, in my mind. So anyway, it's just, uh, Cassius Clay is one of those who, um, it kind of revolves around him and, um, it kind of revolves around him, the victory that he, he has, which he later become, becomes known as another one, as, as another name, um, Muhammad Ali, which um, did you ever watch that movie? But with Will Smith, Ali. 
Yeah, of course. That's a hell of a movie too, though. That's mm-hmm. a that's a hell of a movie as well. Um, and it kind of these men all are all all these men are talking about what's going on in America at the time uh, in the in, in 1964, uh, the civil rights movement that is well underway and going to be underway for some time, and and how it's how it's affecting people in 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 America and how this movie starts. Let me ask you if you liked, disliked, or the fact that it puts you into the mindset of people really quick when Jim Jim Brown goes to, the, to that guy's house. Oh, the guy that he actually knows? Yeah. 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 Who ends up just being, you know, just like everyone else. Even though he idolizes Jim Brown. And yeah, is, he thinks he's amazing. And then he says that one line in the end where you're like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, so. that puts you, real quick, that puts you right into you know, where we are in American history and, you know, what's acceptable, what isn't acceptable, uh, stuff like that. And that's just, that's such, does such a good job, but it all, it also, it does such a good job at putting you in the setting the scene, but also does such a good job of letting you know exactly what these men are talking about. Really yeah. Quick. It definitely would have been a pretty big downer for anybody involved. Um, but I mean, that's just, but so all these men have been portrayed by different people in different films, you know, award winning, award nominated films, which are not to be taken lightly of, of course, ever. But um, and they're all of them are very watchable and extremely good. Most of them. Uh, what do you think about the people as these guys portrayed by these actors? I wanted to ask you because we've seen all these portrayed in different ways now many times. I think everybody in every role that they play in this movie are very, very good. Um, yeah. And that's I mean, an under—I think that's an understatement, to be honest. With everybody you, goes above and beyond what I would consider spectacular. Um, with like um, the gentleman who plays um, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. The, his name's escaped me right this second. I'll look it back up in a second. Ellie Ellie Gori. Yeah, the way he he uses his voice with the inflection, just like Muhammad Ali used to do. Oh man, like that's. Just to sit and learn how to speak like that is spectacular. Yeah, it's amazing. And Aldous Hodge is Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you also can't, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. is Sam Cooke. Phenomenal. And he sings two songs in this movie. You are treated to two Leslie Odom Jr. songs in this movie. And it's you're, you're all the better for it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. One of them is, is you know, in a, in a club. I mean, just, I, I, again... Very, very um, telling of where you are in American history when he goes to sing in that club and people just straight up start to walk out when he sings and you know yep. look at their watch like just so everyone sees them like oh it's late we should go so you know the Copacabana baby yeah the Cop- which is a very famous yeah um, you know that's where everyone wanted to play back then as well um, so how did you adapt when you when you figured out how this movie was going down and I mean how it was going down is is in that it was pretty much almost like a stage play. How, how, were, were you excited or were you disappointed by the? By I was that? okay with it. Um, normally, I mean, we've had some movies lately that are based off stage plays that have been pretty good. Like all the boys in the band, I would consider pretty good. Um, and then what? Well, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The same. That's up, that's, that's going to be up for Best Picture, Ma Rainey. So, so um, here's the thing: I, I enjoy this movie far more than I like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Interesting. Um, yeah. Very interesting. So, I, you know, I, I, I want to return to that statement later because I had a, I had a whole thing around that. But that's fine. 
Um, uh, Bo Bridges is the guy that plays. Uh, yeah. his, uh, he does a camera in the beginning of, of Carlton um, in the in Jim Brown's hometown of St. Simmons, Georgia. Um, he's the guy who does that. And he, he, and he does it so well. And I wonder, if you've not seen the movie, if you watch it, the following question I want to ask you. Do you, do you think actors ever have a hard time dealing with what they have to say? For, for oh, I, a, bet, I bet you they do. I bet you they do. Especially like any modern actor now trying to, to react to, you know, basically being an old racist. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I've, I've never, I just, I, because we didn't grow up in that time of obviously we're, we're a little too young to grow up in like civil rights time, but right. I, I wonder what that, I mean, just, I, I wonder what, what kind of warning they issue on set or just, I, I don't know. I just, you know, there's one of those things that, man, it puts you right in the movie real quick. Um, and he does a great job, Bo Bridges and Jim Brown, obviously um, he does a good, when, when, when he reacts to when, um, excuse me, when, oh, when Aldous Hodge reacts to it, it's a, it's a very good reaction to it. Like, damn, man, damn. Um, even though he's this wonderful NFL star, like he's still just like seen as, you know, it just, it blows my mind. So let's talk about the, the situation that they find themselves in, just, just discussing the political turmoil in the U.S. at the time in this hotel room. Um, did it keep your attention? Roger, let me ask you that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it did. The, the way their conversation like ebbed and flowed from one to the other, I thought that was great. Uh, I thought it was more than great. I thought it was, you know, almost masterfully done. To be honest with you, it was, it was. I didn't. I like it's one of those things. I watched it at home, obviously, because it's you know I have to. But I didn't check my phone once. I didn't. I don't even think I moved on my spot on the couch. This whole, pretty much the entire time the movie was. I was that. I was that just glued to the screen. You know, I just. I thought this movie was just. So many parts of this movie were fantastic, and the movie itself is fantastic. Um, and then when we, then when of course you you got the the Leslie Odom Jr. singing as Sam Cooke in the end, um, just phenomenal. Like just, I mean, is there is there another word to to describe this? No, I don't no, think it's so. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and Lance Reddick is also awesome as he he has several several lines of dialogue. I mean, I just think it's wonderful. Lance Lance Reddick is awesome as a brother Kareem. Yes. Um, pretty much like a yeah, just awesome. Lance Reddick is great. Um, what are, is there, are there some things you didn't like about uh, about this movie? Um, not really. Uh, I pretty much enjoyed most of it. Like I said, um, I did speak about how everybody's like voice inflection, everything worked so well for me. I thought it was great that way. Uh, I want to talk about how well some of these people actually. <laughs> how they were done with hair and makeup to look like the person they were portraying as well. Man, like looking at uh, Leslie Odom Jr. as uh, as Sam. Sam Cooke. (laughs) Spitting image. Sounded exactly like him when he sang too. And that's that's no small feat, by the way. None at all. No, it's not. No, it's not a small feat. That that was great. I mean, but if you think back to at the time, I mean, Jim Brown, like he's a name that people still talk about in in – Correlation to the, to the NFL today, yeah, you know, of course, he, one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, the great one of the greatest running backs of all time. I mean, even you know Ali or you know Cassius Clay. It's just these, these, these some of these guys were just you know larger than life you know figures in the U.S. at the time, and even even in history, we talk about them in the history book. You know, in schools, where you know these people were larger than life things, and they were still having this conversation in this room. I thought that was just. That was one of the magic parts of this is Regina King just happened to get most things in this one right. 
this movie is more than watchable. It's 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 a, it's it a do be not a miss. Watch. It's it, it's a right up there with the vast of night. You know, I mean, I don't know. Palm Springs. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know about Palm Springs. Palm Springs is the ten, but this movie's. I mean, if, if this movie isn't the ten, it's 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 nine point five or higher. So, but that's you know we're gonna score that in in a little, little bit officially. But um, I do love the tension between the guys in the hotel room. Um, how it kind of it starts off of everyone celebrating um Clay's victory and how he's gonna become the greatest, and then it just within you know twenty minutes we're into. These guys are pretty much at, at each other's throats about what's going on. Um, Malcolm X, who is kind of indoctrinated into um, the into that into what Malcolm X was was, was into, and kind of you, then you learn that it's kind of dangerous for him, and you know things might not be so great for him. Um, it, it does a really good job of of telling that story, um, even even though this is a fictional telling. I don't think this ever happened. So I mean, this is definitely no. It is definitely a fictional telling, um, which I which I do appreciate. Now, what do you think about that, Roger? As this being completely fictional, this small portion of it being fictional. Well, I mean, so I believe um, this is what happens when four people who are good friends get together when they haven't been together for a while. <laughs> um, you know, obviously everybody starts busting each other's balls because that's what happens after a while. And then all of a sudden people who didn't really get along the whole time anyway pick a fight with each other, which is exactly what happens in this movie. And then, you know, everybody, everything kind of comes around where everybody fights with everybody for a while. And then in the end, your buddies again. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go so far as to say this is like a big buddy comedy or anything no, like it's that. Not, no, it's not like that. But no, I mean, I'm just kidding, of course. But this is how real life people react to each other. Um, they have real serious conversations. Some people get pushed too far. Some people don't want to talk about certain things. And it's just part of life for a lot of folks. So... Now, which which actor do you think had the tougher role portraying the person? Like, which which one do you think had the more difficult job of getting it right? I want the gentleman playing Malcolm X. You think? Yeah, that's that would that would be my answer too. Um, only because he's probably you know everyone knows Malcolm X. I mean, everyone remembers Malcolm X. Um, this is a slightly different take. For instance, from the Denzel movie, Malcolm X. Um, this is a slightly different Malcolm we're seeing. It's kind of a more reserved. Kind of a, a, a you know a more reserved kind of a mastermind Malcolm X rather than like the Denzel Malcolm X, which I I appreciated. Um, I, yeah, I I think he's got the harder job portraying that character uh, because uh, Kingsley Ben Adir is Malcolm X. I think he had the toughest job going into this is being Malcolm X, given you know given the what was going on at the time in '64. That's that's kind of how you see it too. Yeah, um, no, I'm not saying that he's unflappable as Malcolm X, but I think he does a great job. But, I mean, this whole cast altogether, each one of them is pretty great. Oh, it's like, fantastic. I can't look at anyone and be like, well, this guy's the weak link of this movie. Because there is no weak link. Well, was there a weak link in All the Boys in the Band? Mm, well, I don't know. That's a tough call. <laughs> was, it, was there a weak link in Ma Rainey? Nah, probably not. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. These movies really, you you don't make this movie unless you're confident. You're extremely confident that you've cast at least very well, and you won't have any problems with them. You know, what I mean, you won't. If someone you you don't make this movie unless unless you're positive that people are like, ah, the movie was great, except for that one guy. He wasn't so good. You know, right. you you just don't make it, or you just recast it when you realize, exactly. uh oh, in the beginning, like, oh man, we may have made a poor choice. We need to recast this. 
which has certainly happened before. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, just this movie, just another one of those movies that I'll remember forever as a movie that I didn't really know what I was getting into when I was getting into it. Because again, we're in that age where there's no trailers. You know, we're not seeing, you know, Roger, you and I are used to watching. I mean, when I was growing up, I'd see a trailer for a movie 25 times before I saw the movie. Yeah. And I know the tra- and I know the trailer by heart. I yep. mean, I could I could watch a trailer from if it's a movie that came out from 2002 to probably 2013 or 14, I could probably write down exactly how the trailer went for that <laughs> movie. I mean, I it's what I did. I just I watched trailers hundreds of times before the movie came out. That's what I would do. And like we're not we're in that age where we're not getting any unless you go seek it out, you're not getting a trailer. And many times for these Netflix movies, for these Amazon Prime movies, for these Hulu originals, you're not getting trailers either. Because not really. You don't get a whole lot at all. They don't cut them. And I think they're realizing what people always knew with film is, or what Chris was talking about last week, for instance, is if that, you know, when he's talking about Godzilla versus Kong is, well, did we just see the climactic battle? That could certainly dissuade people. Maybe that, you know, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, they're all learning that, well, there's no trailer we're not giving anything away. So maybe that's better. Well, or maybe, that's possible. Or maybe we're moving into the age where we will start to see different kinds of trailers cut. Maybe, you know, 59 seconds or a minute or 30 second trailer is cut just to kind of give you a brief what it's about. You know, because there, there are those people that are like, ah, I like these people, but do I have two hours to waste on this movie? Just to give you the quick, you know, 30 second to one minute. Like, oh, okay, sure, I'm in. Play. You know, one of those type deals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you we, think? Were, we were getting to the point, though, where every movie had like a three and a half minute trailer there for a while. <laughs> well, and, uh, that know, was two, not really necessary. Two and a half is pretty standard. I mean, for the past 20, 20, 25 years, two and a half is pretty standard. Um, well, maybe closer to 20 years. I don't think it was 25 years ago, but 20 years, sure. Um, yeah, I don't even think. What does a trailer for a movie like this look like? Um, I was trying to really consider that or Ma Rainey or all the boys in the band or any of the movies that are really kind of like stage plays adapted for film, even fences. What is that? Tra- I mean, with, there was a trailer for fences. It didn't tell you much, but what I don't know. I think, I think like? if you have a trailer for this, you do like four hard cuts of each person and then you show them together in the, in the room, like looking at each other quietly. And then that's the end of the trailer. <laughs> Just so you know, like what you're what you're getting into, so you know who they, they are, are, and or you know who everybody's supposed to represent, and then then you see them all together, and that's your that's your thirty seconds, bang, 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 bang. So let's, man, let's. Just, I just want to take a few a few minutes and talk about the 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 daunting task that the director of this, Regina King, would have had to do, and she did superbly. She just nailed it. Um, do you think that? One Night in Miami, I can certainly see being up for some awards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think Regina King is in the conversation for her Best Director? I mean, yeah, of course. Um, more, more than Sofia Coppola for On the Rock. I'm yes, kidding. I'm absolutely. Kidding. <laughs> I'm totally no, kidding. I, mean, I, th- I, think, I think she does a great job at having making sure that everybody understands the role that they're doing. And... Um, understand the role that they're doing and making sure that uh, they, they fully commit to that role. Um, I, I definitely think each person, you know, under her direction hits all of their marks exactly where they're supposed to be. And 
there's not a lot of there's not a big grandiose stage that they're on. Most of this is set in, you know, a ten by ten hotel room. And it works. You know, it works very well. I right? agree with you. I would yeah, I one hundred percent agree with you. Um I yeah, there's yes, no, I totally agree with you on that. That it's you know, I mean you're you're this is not a movie with gunfights and car chases and big elaborate you know, no, sets there's no, there's no distractions in this movie. They could cover up a flaw. <laughs> so, but like, you, again, when you go to cast this movie, you, you got to cast to like, okay, well, we're not casting Vin Diesel here. We're ca- I mean, you need men that can really play the role, carry the role on, on carry the role for the whole time yep. without needing, needing action. Now I also appreciate, and I, it's, it's becoming increasingly more rare, but um, we watch movies and scripts without any curse words in them. I really appreciate that. I think I think there may have been one or two in this, but it was there's plenty. There's plenty of profanity in this movie. Well, but none none, none of the f word though. I didn't hear any. Oh, f there's word. plenty of it. You're, you're just oh, maybe I just maybe I just missed it, but I, I didn't think I heard any of the f word. But um, yes, this movie's definitely rated R. Uh, but I, I I appreciated how it if it was said, it was because it was part of the conversation and yes. not just and not just for cussing's sake, which. And a lot of movies does happen just for the just for well the character's rough and tumble he's got to say those things, you know it's just I I, I appreciated that was if it was said is because it needed to get a point across and that was the word they needed at the time that's what I like about it I guess uh, so let's move to score this guy um, now keep in mind that this is no, no, no never mind I'm just, I'm gonna keep some of mine for my own score but I want you to I want you want me to go first or do you want to go first let me ask you that it's up to you you seem conflicted about your score already. No. I'll go first. I'm. This movie is one night in Miami. I'm giving a nine. Mm. I. It's just. It's the talent. Everything. The 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 way the story was approached. The, the, the talent. How it, how it just sucks you in. Just and for even the next you know hour and forty five minutes, it does not let you go. I got to give a prop for that because it's it's one of those things. It's it's like reading a good book. You do. Sure. You just you can't put it down. You just keep going right. You can't stop. Like I, I didn't even I, had to, I remember remembering that I had to pee partway through this, and I just I held it because I didn't even want to stop. Your pants through this no, movie, I didn't pee my pants. I held That's my pee dedication. Like that. That's, I'm an adult, Roger. I can hold my pee. Mm. Uh, I know, I know. Mm, mm. Indeed. I, I, I think this movie is every bit of des- deserving. I think this movie is every bit as deserving as a as a nine, probably higher. But I'll, I'll, I'll stop at nine. No, I mean that's oh. fine. Uh, which is, I mean, I, I will completely agree with that. Um, I gave it a nine as well. Uh, I think this movie's pretty fantastic from start to finish. Um, the way the actors just play off each other, um, each scene rolls right into the next. I, I loved it. Um, I would watch it again. I probably will watch it again here sometime soon, and I'll recommend it to anybody that asks. So, uh, every bit of a nine for me. Every yeah, bit. I, it's every bit as deserving. I mean. Boy, oh boy, it's always nice when we watch a movie. We're like, and, and we're having trouble, like how high the score we give it. That's the that's the the problem. Is is it a nine or a nine point five? You know, if that's a great problem to have. You know, it's a wonderful problem to have. Um, boy, oh boy, hell of a movie. One night in Miami, hell of a movie. Definitely a must watch. If you've not seen it, and you're listening to this episode. Well, first of all, thank you for listening to the episode. But stop what you're doing right now and. Watch. After you're done listening to this episode, then go watch the movie. I mean. Continue driving wherever you're driving to, but then get your phone out and watch this movie. <laughs> Don't just stop in the middle of the road. That would be weird. 
Um, but this is the must watch. This is a this is an absolute must watch. It's your next thing you're going to watch. It has to be this. It Especially because it's free if you have Prime. So which I don't I think, have an excuse, people. <laughs> I, I think most people have Prime, and I just met someone else this week who didn't know that Prime came with a a streaming service. There are there's still plenty of people that don't know that have no idea that it comes with a streaming service. Uh, but it, yeah, it's every bit of a nine, if if if, if not higher. So. I'm pleasantly surprised and super excited to talk about these kind of movies. Well, Roger, we have had a good week with two, one decent movie and one pretty exceptional movie. Yeah, one middle-of-the-road comedy and one great drama. So, All right. Uh, now, just I want to take your predictions. Where do you think, only because I, I, I think it's now, we're four weeks in, very relevant to 2021, is... When do you think theaters are back to whatever we'd consider the closest thing to normal we've had in a long time? July. You think July? I think July is probably a good guess. The end of June. I was I was going to say the end of June or early July is the maybe for July July weekend. So yeah, I sure hope so, man. I just I want Top Gun this year. I want big movies this year. You know, I I want the I want the Harry Potter movie. I want. God, I want all these big movies. I'm getting, I'm getting so excited for these big movies that we didn't get. Um, only because I actually talked to uh, the accountant uh, or someone who – no, he wasn't the accountant. He was uh, one of the assistants on Top Gun. And I got to talk to him this weekend. He was telling me all kinds of crazy stuff they had to do for the stunts for this movie. And I'm just, I'm, I super want to watch Top Gun now. Good. I got to, he told me all about the what they had to pay for and how many times they had to do certain things. And it's just, oh, my God, I want to watch it. But million million dollars a minute, those sort of things. <laughs> yeah. He's like, some of these things, Grayson, you would not believe how much we paid. I'm like, no, I would. I, I work in production accounting. I, I could tell you that things like that are super expensive. Um, well, this has been episode 211 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell one And I am at Rod Stillian. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Check us out there. And always check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're still getting some uh, – I'm still getting some emails and some texts saying that people have just found us. And they, they think some of those episodes are hilarious. The one episode that – was referenced to me twice this week was uh, the unhinged episode where I, I I put that pillow underneath my shirt. Yes. <laughs> because of fat Russell Crowe. Wonderful yes. fat Russell Crowe. Uh, send us an e- a letter to an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, another exciting week. We're talking about Palmer with Justin Tim- Timberlake on Apple TV and the little things with Denzel Washington and uh, Rem- Remy. No, who's what's his name? Mr. Mr. Yeah. Robot. Remy Malik. Yeah, Remy Malik. And Jared Leto. Um, and that's a hell of a cast. Which you can you can yeah, catch really Oscar winners, buddy. <laughs> you can you can catch that one in the theater in the theater or on your TV at home, streaming through HBO right, Max. No that people. None. No. Look, I'm looking for fair. I'm looking for eights or higher from both those movies. Ooh. I want it. I know. I'm making a prediction now. Eight or higher for both those movies. I'm telling you. I'm. I. I, I feel it in my bones. In my bones. In my bones. You made it super weird. I know.